Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. It is a special Friday edition of the show since we had to cancel Wednesday's episode. We're going to end the week in a great way with this Friday show. Talking with very special guest Tyler Dunn. That's right. He is making his grand return to the podcast. He was on a little while ago uh, with a fantastic article about Carlton Davis, and he has another Bucks article that we will talk about today titled why the tampa bay buccaneers believe so very excited to have tyler on the show i'm your host matt matera if i didn't already say that so let's get right into it tyler thank you so much for joining us this afternoon how's it going doing well man doing well thanks so much for having me back it's uh it's a pleasure i, I think that it's just a good time to be a tampa bay buccaneers fan right it's it's a strange time i'd imagine the diehards are, are a little tired of hearing the team is going to stink. The players are tired of it, but they don't really give a damn either. Um, so, yeah, I think six and a half months of talking about the games and talking about football and a lot of hot air, we're all ready for the games. So let's go. Exactly. I'm with you. And especially it's annoying when teams are talking negatively about you. You know, like the, the Bucs obviously last season it was, hey, they're going to they're gonna contend for – a title again. And that's kind of nice. You know, it's fun when people are like, you're great. You're awesome. But if you don't live up to it, then you get the downside of it this year, a complete 180 for the Bucks. new quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Um, a lot of people are doubting Tampa Bay this season, but you got to speak to a couple of Buccaneers in your latest article, which you can check it out on golongtd.com. And of course, subscribe to your podcast as well. The go long podcast. Um, we'll jump into that in a moment, but Tyler, just, we had you on the show before with the Carlton Davis article, and we got right to it. So I'm a big fan of uh, origin stories. I always like in a superhero movie or, or a biography about someone. I feel like sometimes they skip over the beginning to get to the uh, you know the main act, which I understand because you only have two hours. But for people that may not be familiar with you, can you kind of uh, just give a little background on how you got into writing and, and starting this website and just how you got into this business, really? No doubt, man. I appreciate it. You know, this is what I always wanted to do. Um, I never really wanted to be anything other than a sports writer. So growing up in Western New York, about an hour south of Buffalo, still live in the area now. I started writing at the, the hometown newspaper, the only end Times Herald, 15, 16 years old. Um, 
Tried to prolong the football career a little bit. I, I played a yeah. year of D3 football at St. John Fisher, which is uh, where the Bills had their training camp in Rochester. And then uh, realized, you know what? Let, let's go all out with this writing thing. I'm a I'm a seventh string linebacker after playing quarterback in high school. This is this isn't working out. So <laughs> transferred uh, to Syracuse, which is obviously a really um, premier journalism school. I, I just thought it'd be a, a great spot to get better, push myself, be around other uh, other people who kind of were chasing the same dream and at the daily orange, this, the student paper, that's where we all kind of got better and really realized we, we love this because we want to tell stories. Everybody has a story and that's like 2010. I graduated. Okay. The business has changed so much since then. It's kind of gone toward the, the memes and the gifs and the takes and the fast food where I've always kind of been on this other track. I've, I've always wanted to write a four five, six, seven thousand word story that really dives deep and is more of that 24 ounce ribeye steak that somebody can kind of chew into. And I get it. It's, it's different. Um, you know, when people are, are checking out this story, you, you get a thousand words as a free preview. And then if you actually subscribe, there's another 5,000 words after that. So it's a commitment of a half hour of your day to kind of subscribe and read the whole thing. But I think that's what the people deserve. The, the people who are pouring their hard earned money into this sport, Right to to pay for tickets, uh, to, to pay for the twelve dollar beer, the seventy dollar parking, yeah. the sacrifice all your time. That doesn't even get into the emotional investment that it takes to to root for a pro football team. Like the people deserve more. They they deserve to know where these players come from. Where does the Carlton Davis yeah. come from in Miami Gardens? A Rashad White, right? Uh, at a JUCO outside of L.A. living with the cockroaches and in a rusting shower head, like. These guys have stories to tell, and they want to tell these stories. They don't want to be in these group interviews, breaking down the X's and O's every single day. I mean, it gets so monotonous that I, I'm kind of fast-forwarding here, but after writing for uh, the Buffalo News, covering the Bills, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covering the Packers, Bleach Report for five years, doing the whole NFL, I just decided to do my own thing, to go this route. Let's tell long form. Let's lean into that long form hard. And if people want to make that a part of their a part of their life, they can subscribe, and that's awesome. And this is my fourth season doing it now, and uh, I wouldn't be able to do it if people didn't want to read. So I'm just so grateful to kind of dive into a whole new market like this Tampa Bay market, which has been awesome. I gotta say, I've been blown yeah. away by Buck fans. <clears throat> I didn't really know what to expect when I started kind of doing some Buck features because. I'm rambling so much here, so I apologize. No, it's, it's, I, I, I'm the same way, so I'm all ears, man. I, I love hearing you talk, and you, you clearly see the passion that you have for, for what you do. I, I did go to a Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneer playoff game. They played the Redskins, I believe, in 2005. Chris Sims was the quarterback. Yeah. So my brother grew up a Bucks fan as a kid. I was a Packer fan growing up. <laughs> and So we'd go to Lambeau every other year, and then – my dad's like, yeah, let's go to Tampa. This is a pretty big game. Yeah. Edel Shepard. Winter time too, us. much warmer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, well, I'm getting to that. So yeah. we're like in the end zone and we thought Edel Shepard caught that ball, that it was a touchdown. And so everybody's going nuts. Turns out he didn't. They dominated that game. From what I remember, they dominated Washington and they still lost because of a couple turnovers. They still give Chris Sims hell for that too. Um, he's yeah. a buddy of mine. So anytime I see him, I remind him, hey, that, that team could have been special. You could have made a run. Uh, but as we left that game, I'll never forget. Now, granted, I, this doesn't speak for all of Buck Nation, obviously, because I, I see it now. But there are a few fans that weren't really disappointed as we're walking out. They're like, eh, we'll just go to the beach. 
right? It's a pretty nice day. Let's just go chill. And it was that moment in high school. I'm like, wow, I wonder what Buck fans are really like. Are they passionate like Bills fans, Packer fans? I don't really know. Um, I got to say, rest assured, this this offseason, seeing the, the response to some of the stories we've done, Buck fans are legit and hungry and alive and well. So it's been awesome. Yeah, I, I to all Bucks fans, I cannot recommend uh, following Tyler on social media. I believe your Twitter is at Ty Dunn, if I got that correctly, on the bottom of the screen, and subscribing to your podcast and your website. And it's true with Bucks fans; they are a very passionate group. And I, I think what kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit is before Tom Brady got there, the team was bad for a decade. And it's tough when you have losing season after losing season after losing season to really. Um, you know, you're not in the limelight that much. And that's always been the big thing with guys like Levante David, who plays at an all-pro level, but just never got the national attention because they're not putting the Bucks on national games on Sunday night or Monday night football because it's it's a losing team. And I think, you know, the Bills were a little similar to that before Josh yeah. Allen for quite a while. And I think just the way that social media has gone in recent years, people love the Bills, the fans going through tables and, and all that different stuff. And that's kind of like revved up the fan base. And then it kind of perfectly coincided with Josh Allen. And obviously the team is very successful now. So not that the Bills and the Bucks are crazy similar, but the fan bases had been waiting for a long time to have a good team. And then it finally got here the last couple of seasons for, uh, for both organizations. Yeah. Like, the whole, I can't ever say the words Bills Mafia because it just it's become so overdone and overplayed. But really, that that whole thing is, is the yeah. result of bad football teams. Like they, they they were just so bad for 17 straight years, not making the playoffs. The tickets were cheap. Um, you know, 19, 20, 21 year olds could get tickets for you know 10 bucks and go into a mud lot, get drunk, and crash <laughs> through a table. So yeah. that became bigger than I think anybody expected. But it did kind of build up to your point, like when they got good and they drafted Josh Allen instead of Josh Rosen. And those fans were initially really pissed off. Like they, they yeah. were mad about that. <laughs> they, they wanted Josh Rosen, trust me. Uh, but once the team was, you know, set at quarterback, that that the the drunkenness became drunkenness of joy. And it's it's much different in Buffalo. But I I, I think that Tampa is gonna be good. And and maybe I'm dead wrong early in the offseason. I kind of had the same take as everybody else because you see all that, that dead money, right? Like yeah, all this Brady dead tax. money and they really went for it. Justifiably. So when yeah. you have the greatest player of all time, it'd be dumb to not go for it and just sign whoever he says to sign. Uh, but obviously, and, and you got the Super Bowl, so it was worth it. Exactly. Rams, all worth it. I, I, I hate real quick. I'm sorry, but uh, I hate when people are like, Oh, they were like, you're going to screw yourself for the next two or three seasons. But it's like, yeah, but winning is the most important. So if you did it the way the Bucs did, and yeah, it's hurting you a little bit now, still worth it. The way that the Rams did it the following season, winning is the best feeling, especially in football, if your team wins a Super Bowl. So you got to go all in. Would you rather win one and then maybe you suck for a little bit? Or you get close every time. But you don't, you're not hoisting Lombardi at the end of the season. I, I think I know my answer. And I think it's the right one. Yeah, if you've got the quarterback, pull the trigger on every decision you possibly can to get closer to that Super Bowl, right? It's You might as well. But where it gets really interesting, though, is, all right, so Tom Brady's on the beach and says he's done for good. And yeah. I think we all kind of wrote the obituaries for the 2023 Buccaneers at, the, at that point. Like, of course, they're done, all this dead money. What are they going to do? 
Uh, but whereas the Rams, they did just kind of have the uh, the yard sale and got rid of whatever they could get rid of around Matthew yeah. Stafford and Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Buccaneers are re-signing Levante David at four and a half million. Right there, they're hanging on to a core uh, where you you know the, the Rams look at their their roster. I mean, how many players can you actually name outside of Aaron Donald on defense? And then you look at the Bucks roster. All of the guys that won that Super Bowl just a couple of years ago are there at every level of the defense. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just started to think, man, like they're actually trying to win here because there's these little moves that kind of show like they are trying to win. Like if you weren't, if you were just going to give up, you would be trying to shop these players. You wouldn't be giving Levante David even four and a half mil. Exactly. Like, you'd, you'd see a fire sale. They didn't. Now they didn't really have options at quarterback that's where I think people really did kind of view the Buccaneers as this team that was going to collapse because what are you going to do well you're going to give Baker Mayfield a, a what a fourth opportunity to yeah. be a starting quarterback you'll run it back with Kyle Trask you'll have a quarterback competition and people saw that transaction and it kind of doubled down that initial take after seeing Tom Brady on the beach it's like okay yeah they are <laughs> going to stink but I think if you actually take the time and we'll get into it, but to look at those players on defense. And I sat down with Carlton Davis and to hear it in his voice on what they expect out of their defense. And then you see Baker Mayfield and you can talk yourself into a path for him with Dave Canales working the same magic he did with Geno Smith. Oh, by the way, you still got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And you're actually going to try to run the ball this season. And in the NFC is wide open. This isn't the AFC. Yes. NFC is wide open. <laughs> Nobody should be surprised if they win the division. Like, it's realistic. And I think I would rather my team go that route. Like, try to win. Stay competitive for the good of the building. Like, you, you've got to think about just the, the feeling, the sensation that guys have in your locker room and how that's going to sustain itself long term. Give me that over hitting the reset button and trying to get Caleb Williams. Because if you do that, like, if you're just going to completely fire sale and give up, losing breeds – Losing. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to be good yeah. years, decades. <laughs> I mean, as long as the Bidwells are in charge, I don't think they'll ever win a Super Bowl. It's a disaster. Um, it, it, the, the Browns, right? Hugh Jackson, Sashi Brown, they tried to do this yeah. to the extreme. They went 1-31, and and it took a long time for them to, to, to even be respectable in the NFL. I don't know. I, I think what Tampa's doing, it might seem absurd to outsiders, I mean, you turn on ESPN, you listen to any podcast. If the Buccaneers come up, people just start laughing and saying, I don't, they're going to stink. I don't know what to tell you. But I think if you really do look at it and dissect it, I'm not just pandering here. I, I really think no. they're going to be good. No, and I, I'm glad you're saying all this coming from Buffalo, not being <sighs> in the bubble of Tampa, because I, I think it's easy from the outside. Like you said, you know, quarterback's the most posi- important position in football. Oh, they got Baker Mayfield as the quarterback, Kyle Trask, very unproven. It's easy to say, oh, well, they're going to stink this year. But it, it it is the core nucleus of the 2020 team. Vita Vey is still there at nose tackle. Carlton and Jamel Dean. Why would they re-sign? You mentioned Levante David. Why would they re-sign Jamel Dean, who's way Jamel Dean yeah. has so much more of his career in front of him? Why would you re-sign him if you don't think you can compete this year? The NFC, it's the 49ers and the Eagles, whichever way you want to rank them. Those are the top two teams in the NFC. Outside of that, it's you're kind of rolling the dice, especially in the NFC South. So I, I'm glad you brought up that this team's still going for it, especially with the addition of 
of Dave Canales and the fact that they're going to recommit to running the ball with Rashad White as your RB1. So let's get into your article a little bit. First of all, you obviously had an amazing article about Carlton Davis. This one dives into a little bit of a different subject, almost kind of branching off of one part of the Carlton Davis article about how we're going to show people wrong and and everything like that. So what compelled you to write about the Buccaneers again with this article? And you also had a, a Cody Malk article earlier in August as well. And everyone loves Cody Malk. So just, just curious about that. Yeah, I, I think uh, we have to give Carlton Davis some, some props here first, just we do. I, maybe from a journalistic perspective that nobody cares about, but it's worth, it's worth noting that the way Twitter, I guess X now is, yeah. and the way <laughs> the news is. cycle is in the off season, You've got six and a half months of BS mostly. There's a lot of a lot of dead air. So a lot of that dead air needs to be filled with topics and talking points and news. The NFL is king. People would rather hear pundits break down, you know, the the, the third string running back competition in a market than whatever the major league baseball teams do. Whatever. Yeah. I get I get it. Um, but I think that that was so when you get a player to sit down and, and 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 really dig into a topic like Carlton Davis' life. I mean, it was bigger than the rude awakening and we're going to wreck shit and all that stuff. Um, when you get into that and then they're honest, they say how they really feel, and then it gets out there into that dead air, into that space, and it takes off like that did. I mean, hell, it was all over ESPN, SI, NFL yeah. Network. Um, Carlton Davis said, if you – if you think we're done basically without Tom Brady, that the league's in for a rude awakening. And I'm sorry, but I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but he, there were a lot of swear words. Yeah. And he, uh, he said, we're going to wreck you stuff. Talk, like, yeah. You, yeah. You, you could say shit. You could say wreck shit. That's okay. Cool. We can say shit. All right. It's a shit friendly podcast. Good, good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there were some F words in there too, but he, he put the NFL on notice. We're coming. Look out. And so it goes, it goes viral. It goes crazy. And you know, he stood by it. He wasn't tweeting. Oh, I didn't really mean to say this about Tom. And I was taken out of context. No, like said what he said. So that was great because I'll tell you what, I do a lot of these profiles, a lot of these stories. There are times Raheemster for the Miami Dolphins being one of those players who says something pretty innocuous, right? We've got a quarterback who can actually sling it when I did a Tua story. 49er fans lose their minds. And he backtracks. He he says he was taken out of context on Twitter that I didn't put in all the stuff he said about Jimmy Garoppolo, stuff he that did not did not exist. And I had a relationship with Raheem. Like I did a feature on my Bleach Report. Love him, yeah. great guy, crazy story in his own right. Um, but he you know he backed down, and when he when everybody's tweeting at him, so I, I just got to give Carlton Davis some credit, like to say something pretty bold for it to take off, and to not do that. Power to him. But then what blew my mind was, okay, all right, that story did pretty well. I figured let's let's do a follow-up. Let's really look into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and see if he's on to something, right? Does, does everybody yeah. else feel this way? Is this one player with a rogue opinion that all these other guys, coaches, players, are just going to you know reach for the fire extinguisher and try to put it out if you talk to them? Um, and it was not the case. I talked to uh, Dave Canales for, yes. I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Rashad He's White, man. Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, who the hell else did I talk to? Chris Godwin. Yes. Uh, Zion McCullough. I mean, everybody really does stand by Carlton Davis. And it's, and it's not just a matter of, oh, he's our guy. It's no, we, we believe the same thing. Like we believe 
that we're not anybody's underdog, by the way. Like, we're not going to use this as motivation. I think that's where people might get this twisted a little bit. Like, they don't see all of the, the Super Bowl odds and, and hear Damian Woody trash them. Or, right? They don't hear this and then use it as fuel. It's, it's no. Like, we look around the locker room, as Dave Canella said, and we see who's on that defense. We see the kind of talent we have on this offense. And we're nobody's underdog. Like, we don't expect to lose. We expect to compete mm-hmm. with the talent that is on this roster. So it was really fascinating from like a, a psychology standpoint to see where the Buccaneers are coming from. And then from there, we kind of launched into, okay, like how, how, like how does this work then? Right? Like how, how yeah. do you win? And so if people subscribe to the story, go long td.com. It's for our paid subscribers. Um, kind of, kind of lay out the blueprint. And we can talk about it too, of, of how the Buccaneers do really intend to put Carlton Davis's warning to the rest of the NFL into tangible action. Yeah, and Carlton, like you said, he stands by everything that he says. Uh, he'll say it in the locker room, too, with a camera in his face, not just something, you know, off to the side, it, no matter who the matchup is that he's that he's going against. But you mentioned Dave Canales, and I've been a huge fan of Dave Canales already, just from press conferences, getting to talk to him yeah. a little bit. He's so positive. He's so upbeat. And Todd Bowles, nothing against Todd Bowles, but Todd very much, even though he's not under the coaching tree, he comes from the Bill Belichick school of like, I'm not going to give away too much. I'm going to have the same type of reaction. No one's great, but no one's terrible either. Everyone's just like a good player and he doesn't reveal too much. And that's fine. That's, that's his MO. He doesn't have to give us anything, but Dave Canales is like saying, I love Baker's swagger. I love this. He'll give you a full breakdown of the offensive line and what they do and how they're going to attack. So uh, he had a couple of quotes from uh, from your story. This one, he says, uh, one of the things I he's talking about the quarterbacks. One of the things I, I realized over the years, which fit Russell Wilson so well, was it's really like the heavyweight fighter mentality where you're not necessarily trying to win on the card by getting the most punches in. This is something he said on our podcast as well, just accumulating it to boxing. Uh, it's keeping your gloves up. It's having the right fundamentals. And then when the opportunity strikes, you take your knockout shots. That's going to be what we try to do here. And I just loved that analogy because it is true. Cause he said this on the, on, on our podcast, he goes, when you watch a, when you watch a fight, it's body blow, body blow, body blow. How many times are they really going for that? haymaker? how many times are they really trying to knock the guy out? It's only four or five times, but in a football game, if you hit those haymakers four or five times, that's 35 points right there. That's a pretty damn good day for the offense. I'm really glad you pulled that that quote out too because I, I thought that was telling. You know, a lot of these offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, if you uh, discuss a game plan or how, how will you attack teams this year, it's going to be a trip down word salad lane. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of jargon and circle talk. And, you know, you'll transcribe and be like, oh, what the hell is this? Like, this is this is nothing, right? This is a just some, some, some motivational speech of, you know, metaphors and nonsense. Um, Dave Canales really does specify a lane for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense this season. And that's it. Because I think if you first start to hear him explain how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can win this year, you might roll your eyes, right? We want to run the 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ball more. We got to get those attempts up. We got to try. We, we, you know, he comes from Seattle. That's a team with Marshawn Lynch that did try to brutalize defenses yeah. and wear you down and then work the passing game off of that because, you know, every analytics person will tell you, oh, it's a myth, right? The whole run to set up the pass thing, it, it doesn't exist anymore. And I don't want to completely dismiss DVOA and all the metrics out there that they can be useful tools. But I, I think that, you know, it's not one size fits all. Every team is different. And for this Tampa Bay Buccaneer team, first of all, they have to run the ball more than they did. Yes. Um, <laughs> they barely even tried last year. Granted, they weren't very successful, but you got to try. Even a Chris Godwin, who would uh, obviously not benefit from a team running the ball more, said, like, we need to run the ball more. So it starts there. But Dave Canales kind of started to say, look, this isn't, it's not a matter of being conservative. It's not a matter of like just kind of plugging away nonsensically, you know, against a wall again and again and again, three yards in a cloud of dust. Like we're going to be smart with it and it's patience. And the way he kind of, he even said this out loud, he goes, I'm kind of like talking myself into this to kind of remind me, stay (laughs) patient with the run. Like remember what you were thinking at your desk with a cup of coffee when that's, you know, AC's on and you're feeling good. Like stick with that plan because if you are patient, those deep shots are what can change the game. I mean, you do see it on some of these offenses with some really good quarterbacks here in Buffalo at times. Obviously one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yeah. But there were stretches when they did try to throw downfield way too often. Mm-hmm. And you become predictable. Teams can kind of tee off. You know, you, you completely lose that unpredictability factor with it. So they know if they can get Rashad White going. And by the way, I hope nobody in my fantasy league is hearing this. Draft Rashad White. He's going to so get the ball angry a lot I did this year. I'm so oh, angry at that. I was get like, ah, maybe I can, maybe I can wait one more round. And no, <laughs> no, he, he got taken. So, but it's going to start there with him, and then like that heavyweight boxer, they're going to find an opening at some point, and they believe Baker Mayfield can still throw a pretty deep ball. That he still has a strong arm. Lord knows he has the receiving talent to make yeah. defenses pay. It, it, it's not archaic. It's not out of, you know, Paul Brown of the 1950s. I, I think this can work again in the NFC, the yeah. NFC South. Yeah. This can work. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you. I think we're going to see not like a, a gigantic pendulum swing, but a little bit of uh across the league, a little more of a dedication to running the football. Obviously the league now with the penalties or the, the way that the rules are made and you can't touch the quarterback and everything like that. It's geared towards throwing the ball, scoring more points. The fans love it, everything like that. But I do think you see it all the time. One team zigs, and then eventually another team zags, and then it kind of goes back that way. And it's so funny because I was at the joint practices when the Bucks went up against the Jets, and then they practiced at the Giants facility the next day. And we spoke to Mike Evans and Chris Codwin after – and we're asking some certain things. How do you think the offense looked against the Jets defense, which the Jets have a pretty damn good defense, especially up front. And 
it's one thing when the offensive coordinator or the running backs or the offensive linemen were like, yeah, we ran the ball pretty well. But when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going, we were great in the run game today. When they're not even getting the football, I think speaks volumes to obviously what Canales is trying to implement this season. And Canales, I've called him the, the human Celsius because he's just so energetic. He's so upbeat. <laughs> and of course, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. There are so many awesome different flavors. Their newest one right now is the Cosmic Vibe. It's a sparkling fruit punch. You'd also get the sparkling lemon lime, sparkling orange. Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Also been drinking the sparkling lemon lime. You really can't go wrong with, uh, sorry, sparkling cucumber lime. A couple different limes, but that's that's what I'm saying. They have so many different flavors. There's uh, no sugar, no post-energy drink jitters or crash that you might get with another product out there. So if you need to know where to get a Celsius energy drink, go to the store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you could pick a Celsius energy drink up, whether that's your health and wellness store, Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, or your bodega, which Scott Reynolds loves when I say that. Uh, and then when you know that you want more Celsius energy drinks and you don't want one, you want to get them in bulk, that's when you get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You go over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. And you can have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. Com. I want to get to another quote from Dave Canals. It's kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Um, he says, I don't see myself using that underdog narrative as a motivation for my guys because uh, as we sit here talking to them and looking around the room, the guys look around to each other and they see the names at different positions and there's not a feeling that we're the underdog. I understand people are writing headlines and doing all that stuff for our group. It doesn't feel like that. Just curious, after talking to him for as long as you did, what, what what's just your impression of, of Dave Canals? What do you think of him as as a person, as an offensive coordinator, and what he could do for the Bucs this season? Wildly impressive. I yeah. think that this is, you know, as you said, the human Celsius. He's got energy, <laughs> right? He's got a plan. He's been waiting for this opportunity. You know, he was in Seattle, I believe, 2010. On so yeah, he's there for he a while. Seen a lot. Yeah, he he saw, I and mean, he was there two years before Russell Wilson was even drafted, I believe. So mm. he's been there a long time. I think that not only was he around Russell Wilson, but that that work with Geno Smith is, is so relevant to everything we're talking about here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's look, they did have a little bit more time together. Uh, they had three years right? Two of those years working behind the scenes before Gino takes over wins NFL comeback player of the year. So th there were a lot of practices where Gino's working on specific throws that Russell Wilson was working on during practice. They're walking off the practice field. They're having this continuing conversation about here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I do for this cover. That. All I'll say is this, like, I think like everybody, I really believe Gino Smith was done. I thought he was finished. We saw him as a starter with the New York jets. It wasn't oh, yeah. pretty. Um, I wrote this in the story, but, but there was a moment where I was just talking to him one-on-one -on -one in the visitor's locker room here in Buffalo, New York, where Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter by then. Uh, it was like year four for Gino, a year after IK Anapali, his own teammate, socked him in the jaw, which opened up the I door to Fitz, which led to Fitz yeah. getting the contract. 
I think we all thought Gino was done then, and he was pretty bold then, right? Had, had kind of the same tone that Carlton Davis has now, where he said, this is not it for me. I'm not done. I'm still a starter. When I get my shot, I'm going to shine. I just didn't think we, that was in 2016 and it took until 2022 for him to really get that shot. It took going to the giants, going to the Chargers, going to the Seahawks. And best of all, linking up with Dave Canales. I I think, and I've independently talked to people around the situation, uh, somebody who knows Geno Smith really well, actually, and works with Geno Smith. um, And it it is critical of coaches in the NFL and Quincy Avery. He's, He's a private quarterback coach for a lot of these guys. And I said, hey, what, you know, what's your take on Dave Canales? He goes, oh, he's good. Like, he's, yeah. he was good for Gino. That gives me hope in Baker Mayfield. I'll admit it. I've been a Baker guy yeah. since Oklahoma. I, I okay. think the intangibles matter at that position. I mean, you have Andy Janovich saying, look, this is <laughs> the Browns fullback. I was talking to him once. He said, look, you could, you could cut Baker Mayfield's you-know-what off, and he wouldn't say a word. Like, guys love him. That stuff matters in a huddle. I think getting with this coach is going to be his best possible chance to really rectify what we all, a lot of us thought would be a long lasting NFL career. So love the fit, love the weapons around him. Look, we can't, we can't be all roses and rainbows. Sure. Guys here. The Ryanson injury is a big one. Like you, you can want to yeah. run the ball all you want, but you need the dogs up front. They're going to be running behind Cody Malk a lot. Uh, but I should ask you, like, what's their plan? post Ryan Jensen like how worried are you that he might not play football again oh I'm I'm going under the notion that Ryan Jensen is is unfortunately never going to play again it's the issue with his were they prepared for it though like were they did they have a plan yeah so the the benefit listen it's a terrible situation with Ryan Jensen um all-time great guy awesome offensive lineman brings that like tenacity and that attitude that you want from an offensive lineman um, but, you know, he got injured in the first or second practice in training camp last season. So Robert Hainsey, who played at Notre Dame, he's been on the team for a couple seasons. He was the starter at center last season because of Jensen's injury. And Hainsey, I thought, did a solid job. Was he great? No, I wouldn't say that. But I don't think he was the weak link in why the Bucks' run game was so bad. I think a lot of that was just the concept and 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 the play calling a little bit. But obviously now Dave Canales can – fix that so Hainsey's going to be your starter again this season I feel okay about it because he has all that experience from last season now where it gets a little dicey is clearly you'd rather have a healthy Ryan Jensen versus Robert Hainsey even in year two as a starter it's the right side of the offensive line I'm a big fan of Cody Mack too but it is a rookie starting at right guard and then Luke Gedeke who was the starting right guard last season and struggled, they're moving him back to offensive tackle. Now, the beauty in that is he played it back at college, and he's also best friends with Tristan Wirfs, who's moving to the left tackle, but can obviously still give him some pointers on what to do at right tackle. So I think with the adjustment of just the overall run play and the run concept, like they're going to a zone blocking scheme this year where it used to just had a hat. I think that helps everybody. Tristan Wirfs is crazy athletic. Cody Malk is crazy athletic. I think Gedeke can move a little bit better than, than people realize. So, and just having motion and throwing on first down versus predictable running on first down. There's so many different gadgets where the offensive line still has to do their job. But I, I feel good about Canales at least 
putting them in the proper situation to uh, to succeed, which wasn't always the case last year, but this year, different story. That's a that's a hell of a breakdown. I, that Thank was, you. I was wondering is we did see these guys last year. Wasn't always pretty. How much yeah. of it was youth? How much of it was being out of position? How much of it was the offense? I mean, the offense was Tom Brady takes a snap, pop a shot offense at the arcade, right? Just get right. And, and, and so that that's yeah. another big thing too is the offensive line. And let's remember too, because some people got mad at Jason Light being like, "You didn't address the offensive line. The offensive line has terrible depth. The depth isn't great." But let's also remember, they did not expect Ali Marpet to retire after the 2021 season, and then Ryan Jensen got hurt right after that, and their other starting guard, Alex Kappa, signed with Cincinnati. So you can game plan for losing an offensive lineman in in free agency. That happens all the time. But then to lose Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet unexpectedly retired, now you have to replace three offensive linemen. And they drafted Hainsey two or three seasons ago. They drafted Luke Gedeke last season, and they drafted Cody Mauk in this draft. So it's not like that they haven't addressed the offensive line. It's just sometimes you have really bad luck. And losing your three offensive linemen, they had to trade for Shaq Mason, who's no longer with the team. They traded him in this offseason. So you do have a revamped offensive line. Mauk is new. Uh, Matt Filer at left guard is new. Werfs at left tackle is different. And obviously, Gedeke moving to right tackle. He did it a little bit in the last game of the regular season. So it's definitely going to look way different. But uh, to get back to Baker Mayfield real quick, his leadership, one thing that we noticed right away at practice was even during warmups, when everyone's stretching, he's not warming up with like the wide receivers when you're doing the walkthrough and lifting up your leg and stuff like that. He was right in the middle with Vita Vea and Logan Hall and a lot of the big defensive linemen. And that's that's like just him trying to build chemistry with literally every single person on that team, which I think is going to take him a long way. It's not going to take him all the way, obviously. He's still going to have the skill set. There's also something I want to run by you. You can be brutally honest. If you don't like it, be honest with me. I'm trying to get this saying off the ground. Obviously, with Russell Wilson, it was let Russ cook. I'm trying to get let Baker bake become a thing if he uh if he really pops off your thoughts <laughs> i don't know if you want baker to to truly bake though because i hear that and i'm thinking <laughs> baker mayfield's throwing the ball 45 times a game i don't think that's going to be the formula for tampa bay if we're, if we're really getting down to the nitty-gritty it's catchy you have the alliteration yeah i think the uh the execution of everything on the field isn't is what you want you make a good point, though, on the chemistry because, you know, the older I get, I've been bald for a while. So I've, I am getting old, 36, and, you know, you're in these locker rooms and you talk to coaches and players. All that stuff matters. Yeah. Football isn't played in a mathematical equation. It's it's different than baseball. You can't measure the good players and the bad players off of whatever a spreadsheet tells you. Like, yeah. It's just there's too much there's too much of a human element to it, and the league is so set up for everybody to go eight nine nine and eight, right? Half the teams in each conference just about make the playoffs. They added a game so you can you can start two and six, two and seven, and and rally like like Jacksonville, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Like we we saw a lot of that last. It's just a longer season. So when it, when the season is like that, and Press Taylor, I can't. Even really take credit for this point. The Jaguars offensive coordinator, he's the one who said, look, in a league that's set up for everybody to go 500, like character is a competitive advantage. Like yeah. who on your roster is going to 
plow through adversity late in the fourth quarter when everybody's on E, you know, everybody's dead. You know, it's, it's, it's fourth and two, you need two yards. You got to stop the other team from getting two yards, three plays in just about every game decide the game, yeah. right? It's, it's, the league is just so, so watered down and, and everybody's so talented and it can go one way or the other. Like, and I, you can't measure that at the combine. You can't just throw it into a DVOA. Like who at a very personal level is willing and able to just smash through that adversity. G- give me a Baker Mayfield. Who's doing that kind of stuff, right? Like chemistry matters, fighting for yes. the guy next to you. It's not corny. It's not cliche. You do need a team that can come together in an intangible way yes. to get tangible results. I think the Bucks look for the right kind of players. The Detroit Lions, I did a series on them and the DNA they look for in a team. They yeah. go to the extreme. I, I I love the Lions this year. I think they're going to get to the NFC Championship game, maybe the Super Bowl. But the wow. Bucks do kind of get that with some of the players they have. I, I appreciate your sentiment on that because I respect analytics. I think it's a, an extremely important part of the game that should not be ignored. There are times, though, I think we skew a little bit too much towards analytics and forget that there are other variables. And I think a great example, and this is back in the day, but Mike Allstott, all Bucks fans know and love Mike Allstott. When he's in the game and you know he's about to smash people and run them over, you can't tell me that the offensive line isn't like a little more jacked up going up against the defensive lineman in front of them. Or you make a big play and that fires you up and then you're ready to go for the next. Mike Evans makes a one-handed catch and you're ready to go for the next play. You can't quantify that in one way or another. Or, you know, if a guy has a personal issue going on at home, does he bring that to the field? Like there's so many things that you can't have a stat on and, and, and things like that. And I'm not saying we should get away from analytics. I'm just saying the DNA, the chemistry, the camaraderie is a huge part of it, which is why I think helped the Bucs in 2020 when they won the Super Bowl because they really got together at the end of it. Um, I got one more question about the Bucs offense, and then I want to talk a little bit about the defense because you did speak to Antoine Winfield Jr. and guys like that. But uh, Rashad White, man, he's been on the show. We have a great relationship with him, between him and uh, and Pewter Report. Obviously, you had the, you know, the big line in the beginning uh, about just being at that school and and – the, the living arrangements, he had this quote as well, talking yeah. about, uh, you know, how everyone's doubting the Bucks, saying we were 32nd in the run, but let's not be 32nd in attempts and talking about the run game too. Uh, you got to stick to it. There's going to be rough games, but you got to stick to it and grind it out. And it'll all look good at the end of the game. And at the end of the season, we're going to run the ball a lot. It's going to be a new look and it'll be what's the best look for the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to be a real physical offense real nitty gritty. And that kind of goes to the DNA stuff that we were talking about. But um, with Rashad, you put it at the beginning of the story with living in a cockroach infested apartment with so many different teammates. Did you like, know you were going to put that in early? Like what you're talking about where you, if you don't subscribe, you only get a certain amount of it and then you go the rest <laughs> of the way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I hung out with Rashad white a year ago he has since moved to a different place in Tampa, I believe. He had just moved into an apartment not far from the stadium, um, got together with him, and gosh, we probably chatted for two-plus hours, and he was, He's I mean, man. as you put, A-plus human being. I always hesitate because you never really know these football players, what they're like as people. Sure. I think I've been burned a few times. I can pretty confidently say here on, a, on Pewter Report, Rashad White, 
unbelievable human being, genuine as they come. And he he started at the start. I mean, I, I linked it. You know, once you subscribe and, and read the story we're talking about, it should be in there as well. The feature I did on Rashad White. And I mean, his life is is unbelievable. He, maybe he even got into it on your show where I mean he's growing up in Kansas City, witnessing murders. Yeah. A car basically just rolls up on his grandmother's front yard. He just sees the life leave somebody's body. Um, saw two other murders he didn't even get into. A crazy injury in, 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 in football at a young age, too, where his rib like almost punctured an artery that, that really could have done some damage. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he, he bet on himself. That's the whole point of the story. I mean, he went to a JUCO, um, living with the cockroaches, busted into a, a place that a guy got evicted from because he was homeless himself. So I didn't, I didn't really, to answer your question, I didn't really know how it would lead the story and get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like, master plan to win this year. Uh, and then it just kind of hit me, like, yeah, that world that he was in at Mount Sac, uh, about 25 miles outside of yeah. L.A., that's kind of how everybody pictures the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023. Living in total squalor. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> filth. Nobody thinks they will be any good. It's going to be like that. And, oh, my God, like, when they walked, when they got into the house, you know, a bunch of guys lived there before. He just said it smelled like total B.O. Yeah. No A.C., so it makes everything worse. Just trash everywhere. Um, he got through it, and he's thinking Tampa Bay can get through all this this year. I think that Rashad White is naturally an optimistic guy, right? He, he is yeah. to his core. Um, but it was, a, it was a little extra in our conversation. Like, he, he was really feeling it in 2023 yeah, you- and, and where he thinks this team can go. Yeah, uh, the imagery of like what you were writing about was was absolutely fantastic. So my, hat, I'm not going to take my hat off, but my hat's <laughs> off to you, Thank uh, you on that. And yeah, Rashad, like everything you mentioned about his upbringing, the things that he witnessed, the things that he went through, you would never know talking to him because he's the most humble guy. He's just so grateful to, to be there. So very interesting seeing another side of Rashad white. we got a couple super chats to get to appreciate everybody that has uh, hit us up with the super chat. Roger. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Roger talking about Todd Bowles says three words to find head coach Bowles stoic, strong, gifted go bucks. I think he's definitely gifted. He's an absolute defensive mastermind and he is very stoic as well. So yeah, I, I would agree with that strong. I haven't seen him lift at all, but, uh, on the inside, I would say definitely strong as well. But I uh, appreciate the super chat, Roger. We got a uh, 1999 super chat from Donta Mason. Thank you so much, Donta. Says, it frustrates me to see how many people feel Tampa should rank uh, this season. We're going 13-4, and four and Mike gets re-signed, and Devin White walks a cap casualty. Uh, Tyler, I'll ask you, what's your uh, – you said the Bucs were going to be competitive. What's your outlook for the Bucs this season? Um, you don't have to give me an exact record prediction, but are you taking them to win the NFC South? What what, what do you think the Bucs can do this season? You know, I do like Atlanta. I think that offensively, the way that they're set up, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Smith, um, you know, history will be the judge. They did take tight end Kyle Pitts yeah. ahead of Justin Fields. Um, they did take a tight end very, very high, a running back very, very high, and mm-hmm. made Chris Lindstrom the richest offensive guard in NFL history. I think at this moment in time, though, and you, you said this earlier, that we could see kind of a comeback with, with running the ball. I agree. I, I think that with all of these 230-pound linebackers, all of these defenses that have been trained to kind of stop athletic quarterbacks, 
improvisational quarterbacks and, and RPO stuff where if you're the linebacker, like, do I, do I come up? Do I go back? Like you're, you're in that constant cat and mouse game. Now that the NFL has kind of been in that world for five years since what Philly won that Super Bowl and the RPOs were what they were. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's going to be, there could be this counter punch where, okay, Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot, Atlanta Falcons, we're going to draft a John Robinson. We got Tyler Algier. Algier's pretty hammer. damn good too. Don't sleep on him. Cornell Patterson. Was rookie last year. Yeah. Cornell Patterson, like <laughs> he can, the way he can scheme things up and use misdirection and motion guys and jet sweep guys around. Like, I don't know if the NFL's really prepared to stop this offense, let alone contain it. So I like Atlanta in the NFC South, but I think that Tampa's going to be right there. I think Tampa can go nine and eight. I'd go ten and this ten and seven. Like I, I think the Tampa Bay, you know, like you said, like six seven guys that are still core to that defense. If they can stay healthy, Devin White is happy for now. Yeah, like he, he's got every yeah. incentive to have a career year. Yeah, like if whether he's back with Devin White, whether he, yeah, whether he's back with the Bucks or not, you know, he should. Totally. Have a great season. Uh, what do you think Talk about, about this being a human game? That's as human as it gets. Like you have millions of dollars on the line. You want to be an 18 to $20 million linebacker, have the career of your life. And we've seen it. He was the Mahomes antidote. Like yeah. he, he can be <laughs> the best linebacker in football. So for this season, sign me up for Devin White and Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield and Jamel Dean and Vita Vea and Shaq Barrett, who holy hell, what he's been through this offseason. Oh my God. I, I no. think that there's a lot to love with this defense and yeah, give me 10 wins because I don't think if the offense is middle of the pack, I think that's enough to get the 10 wins. And I think Dave Canales is bright enough to get you to the middle of the pack. And that's all the offense has to be is middle of the pack. They don't have to be the greatest show on turf or anything like that. Cause the defense is going to, you know, take this team a, a pretty long way. And, you know, it's, it's unthinkable what went on with, with Shaq this, this off season, my heart still goes out to him, but you know, he's there every day. Um, he's in a pretty good mood considering what he's gone through and football wise, he looks great. He's moving around. Like you would never think that he had an Achilles injury. So yeah, the addition of Shaq Barrett coming back is, is definitely something that's important for the Bucks. we got another super chat real quick. Callie Bucks. Uh, thank you for the super chat says Glazers pay Mike Evans. That's uh, obviously been a big storyline. We'll talk a lot about that on next week's show as well. Um, what about the Saints? The Saints are, I think, amongst Bucks fans, are the most hated uh, NFC South team that the Bucks face. What's your outlook of them for this season? I respect the hustle. They're another team that easily could reset, have a five-year plan, a three-year plan. <laughs> All they do is restructure contracts every year. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like they just move money around and convert to signing bonuses and just push the problems down the road. And they go with Derek Carr, who eight, I know talk about a plus human being. Anybody yeah. who's ever been around Derek Carr, I did a big feature on Zay Jones. Um, it go along this offseason as well when I was down in Florida for, for that trip. I mean, he, he he tried to throw himself out of a building 30 floors up. Zay Jones easily could be no more. Um, his brother hung on for dear life. Help arrived. Thank God. But he really credits Derek Carr as somebody who helped him get out of that, that personal hell in depression in a, in a really, really bad place. Obviously yeah. on some drugs that night, not being around the right people. And uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of getting off the rails here on Derek Carr. Yeah, I just fine. think it's worth noting unbelievable human being as a player. Man, I, I don't know. I think you saw some regression last year that would concern me a little bit because I get it. Josh McDaniels offense, 
isn't everybody's cup of tea. A lot of verbiage. It's, it's really difficult to learn. It's tough. Um, but you still had Devontae Adams, your yeah. best friend in football out there. Mm-hmm. A top three, top five receiver. And you saw some considerable statistical regression. You know, that Steelers, was it Christmas Eve, Christmas Day games in my mind where it was ugly for Derek Carr. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's got some weapons, man. Chris Olave. Yeah. Michael Thomas, if he's healthy, I'm sure Bucks fans aren't. Don't tell Carlton Davis that. Don't tell Carlton <laughs> Davis that. <laughs> slant boy. Slant boy. Yeah, slant boy. Um, so I don't know. I think that they'll, I mean, Dennis Allen left a lot to be desired with some of his decisions. Um, I, I think they're a six, seven win team. I, I think the Tampa way have their number this year. Interesting. Interesting. Cause they even like, even last season, the Bucks beat them twice. But it was not easy in either one. The first one was the second game of the season. Jameis threw picks at the end. The Bucs didn't even take the lead until the fourth quarter. And then the home game, Brady, it it was like the story what it was the whole season. The defense keeps them in the game. The offense struggles. And then Brady goes two-minute drill because he gets to call the plays in the two-minute drill. And miraculously, the Bucs score a touchdown and and win the game. So it's never been easy for the Bucs against – New Orleans. Yeah. Oh man, you're right. There's been some ugly games. Yeah. And then Tom Brady. first season on Sunday night football, they, I don't remember the exact score, but it was like 35 to three or something like that. It's uh, it's been ugly when the bucks and saints get together, whether the bucks win or not. So we'll see who will be the underdog in that one. Speaking of underdog, still got a little more time left. If you want to participate in underdog fancies, best ball mania, which is coming up pretty soon. It's a lot of fun to get into. $15 million in total prizes. $3 million goes to the first place winner. You just draft your team. You set it and forget it. That's the fun of it. You don't got to worry about the bye week or making trades or anything like that. It just accumulates the highest score for everybody that is on your team. It's a $25 entry. You don't want to do Best Ball Mania. They have a bunch of other different tournaments that you can do. There's a regular season pool. There's a playoff pool. You could do over-unders if you want as well. Yeah, $5 million for the regular season, uh, $10 million for the playoffs. Uh, you could do over-unders. You could do rivals. So many different picks to choose from. If you want to play against uh, Pewter Report in this league, I'll spell it out for everybody that's listening to on audio. If you want to play against Scott, it's srpewterreport.com. Just email us, and uh, we'll let you know further details. I am Matt at pewterreport.com. Josh Capo is josh.capo, Q-U-E-I-P-O, at gmail.com. Or if you want to play against Bailey Adams, he is baileyjadams22 at gmail.com. So check out Underdog Fantasy. Start playing and play against Pewter Report. If you want as well, um, I did say I want to talk about the defense. We did a little bit, but you spoke with Anton Winfield Jr. I think he's the future face of the Bucks if he's not already. Um, I think one of the highest honors that Anton Winfield Jr. got was uh, not the Pro Bowl accolades or the Super Bowl. That's obviously monumental. But when the Bucks revealed their creamsicle jersey, Anton Winfield Jr. was one of the guys in the video package. Now that's saying a lot because he's next to Mike Evans and Levante, but Antoine was. Um, was included in that as well. Antoine had this to say in your article. He said, uh, I looked him dead in the eyes. The thing that was going through my mind was the game before. He killed us in the game. We played in the regular season. All they did was play those highlights leading up to the Super Bowl. It was pissing me off. So I said, okay, when I get the opportunity, I've got to do something. He's obviously talking about throwing up the uh, the peace sign to Tyreek Hill, I believe, in the Super Bowl. That's the uh, 
context of it. But uh, Tyler, your biggest takeaway talking to Antoine Winfield Jr. I I want to start a movement at Go Long that good, like timely, effective, pointed taunts like we saw in that Super Bowl should be rewarded. They they, they shouldn't they, they they shouldn't only not be punished. I can't like, believe he got fined. He, That's he all should I want. be getting ten thousand dollars or yeah. seven thousand, whatever the fine. Like and then some. Because <laughs> that was an all-time Super Bowl moment. It, maybe years from now, we're telling our grandkids, oh, yeah, Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl. Like, no. In the moment, like, that was the defining play. 31-9, to nine, desperation heat from Patrick Mahomes on fourth down. Antoine Winfield Jr. breaks it up, and it is right in Tyreek Hill's face. Yeah. Tyreek Hill has done that, you know, running away from defenses throughout his career. And, and, and as Antoine said, he did it to us like earlier that year when he was burning Carlton Davis in that game. So to do that in that moment, like the icing on the cake, Super Bowl wind locked up. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful it, work of art for Antoine Winfield Jr. Just a, a chef's kiss that was worth every penny of that fine. And, you know, the NFL is just awful and they don't know how to have fun. And it's a lot of suits making yeah. decisions that shouldn't be making decisions. And it's just right. They're trying to take the, 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 the emotion and the passion and all of that I out know. of the game. Like this would be the quickest way to kind of snap back the other direction. Just re- reward that. So yeah, that was my takeaway from Antoine. And he laughed. He agreed. Yeah. He, he hopes for a, he, he, he has a dream that the NFL will be that one. Day. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. It was poetic. It's I'm still angry that he got fined. Why is he getting fined for doing a move that Tyree kill does all the time? Why is it okay it's like for Dikembe, right? He, when he did the finger wag, and then other yeah. people would get teased if they yeah, did it. Yeah, I think, like I think Jordan did it once, or Shaq or someone. They did it, and then they got it. Makes no sense. It's the closest thing we'll get to, and I don't know if you're a wrestling guy or not, but it's the closest thing we'll get to one of the WrestleMania main events when it was The Rock against Stone Cold, and The Rock hit the stunner on Stone Cold, and then Stone Cold hit the rock bottom on The Rock. It's the closest thing that we'll ever get to that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was an all time moment for. Uh, Antoine Whitfield Jr. Um, As we wrap things up, Tyler, give us a Super Bowl prediction or maybe not a Super Bowl prediction, but something you're leaning towards this season. I think this team's going to be on the up and up. I think this team might fall back. Just anything that's in your head about what we we might see uh, this season from a team. Yeah, like anybody predictions, I'm not, you know, a sorcerer by any means. Uh, but I like Detroit. I think that San Francisco is going to fall off. I think that Kyle Shanahan is an X and O genius, obviously. Yeah. You know, he can plug a play into his quarterback's headset, every play of every drive, tell him where to go with the football. And that's going to win you some games in the regular season. But I, I think how he's kind of handled the quarterback position since taking over in 2017 is it's kind of been like the idiot in your fantasy football league, the buffoon <laughs> that you try to rip off with trades. Like there's been no rhyme. There's been no reason from taking Solomon Thomas ahead of Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to making Jimmy Garoppolo the richest in the game at the time to getting burnt by Josh Allen in that Monday night football game and realizing I need a freak show quarterback. So I'm going to trade three first round draft picks for Trey Lance. And then, yeah, no, the injury kind of threw things off. But at one point, like you're ready to go into the season. That's point last year with him as the guy. You didn't even let Jimmy Garoppolo compete for the job. Yet you're not good enough to even compete with Brock Purdy the next year. It's Purdy all the way, even off the elbow injury. It's just bizarre. I 
I don't know. I think that as long as he's the head coach, they will be a divisional champion and they'll max out in the NFC yeah. championship game. Really? Um, so yeah, I, that's my long winded way of saying, I kind of like Detroit in the NFC. You know, I think Philly is going to be good, but mm-hmm. losing two coordinators is, is going to be a little tougher. There was some attrition. You lost Jason Hargrave to, to San Francisco. Um, so yeah, you know, well, let's go out on a limb. Let's go Detroit in the NFC and let's go Cincinnati and the AFC. Oh, Joe Burrow making another return to the, uh, to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'd like, to yeah, see, you know, uh, they're, they're still on that window with Burrow's. Exactly. Contract. I'd like to see him. Uh, I'd like, definitely like to see him make it. Uh, we got a comment asking about Mike Evans. We're going to talk a lot about Mike Evans next week on the show. Obviously the big story came out today that his agent, uh, is putting a hard cap on negotiations for a contract extension. He's giving them until the Saturday, the day before the uh, start of the regular season. And uh, we'll give Scott Reynolds had a pewter pulse about it. You can see it on YouTube. We'll talk about it on Tuesday's show um, real quick. I'll just say looking at all sides of it, I think Mike is well within his right to ask for the Cooper cup type of money and uh, a much bigger contract. Cause this is probably the last big payday for Mike's career as he just turned 30. Um, the Bucks are at a little bit of a crossroads of determining where they want to go after the season, but a lot hinges on, on how the offense works this season. So that's just my quick take on it. I had an article on it on pewterreport.com that you could check out that expands much, much further, but we'll talk about it a lot this week as well. Tyler, you've been a fantastic guest. It was so awesome getting to talk to you again. Uh, but just tell everybody, the pewter people, as we call our fan base, uh, where they can follow you on social media and subscribe to your stuff and find all of your work. Hey man, pleasure was all here. I I love talking bucks. That was awesome. Anytime. Seriously. Appreciate you having me. I'm sure the, the, the the message that came up that said, pay that man. They're talking about go long, not Mike Evans. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way. Go long. (laughs) Go long. TD.com. It's a a part of Substack. If you subscribe to any Substack newsletters. So Every story is just directly plugged into your email inbox or at golongtd.com or the Substack app. So I would love it if people wanted to subscribe. Just $8 a month, $50 for the whole season, a lot planned. Um, obviously, the emphasis on long-form journalism, the, the palace intrigue, deep dives into teams. Um, if you want to go beyond the 1,000 words that we have up on that buck story now to get the full 6,000-word story, we'd love it. It's You'll see it. Our illustrator is awesome, by the way. We talk about my ideas, and yeah. uh, he just kind of conceptualizes it and does a, a freehand illustration. So he's got like Tom Brady walking off in the desert, this Buccaneer team left for dead, but there's Baker, Chris Godwin, Rashad White running mm-hmm. off to win this season. So we'd love it if people want to subscribe. If so, you know, I'm, we've seen a good influx of Buck subscribers. That's all the more reason to head back down to Tampa and, and tell some more stories. It's a It's a fun team ton of personalities so thank you everybody out there for supporting our work at go long absolutely could not recommend more checking out all of tyler's work and uh so make sure you're following him please make sure you're following us on our social media as well on x formerly known as twitter threads instagram and facebook we are at pewter report and our youtube channel is pewter report tv please like and subscribe it's absolutely free And we have a ton of content out, whether it's Mike Evans stuff, whether it's clips from practice and and uh, press conferences. And, of course, our podcast four times a week. Just a reminder for everybody, 
We will not have a show on Monday. The Bucks will have a practice. We'll be there at practice, but we're not doing a podcast on Monday with Labor Day weekend. We will have shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then, of course, on Sunday when the Bucks play the Minnesota Vikings. The season is here. I cannot believe it. So, so awesome. We're also going to have a Peter Game Day show as well. We'll talk more about that next week. But in the meantime, for Tyler Dunn, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a great Labor Day weekend, and we will see you on Tuesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.